welcome to episode 58 of the Eye of Terror podcast. I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. Okay, it's been a little while since we recorded our last episode. I've been doing, again, more traveling. Yep, more traveling. Yeah. There's a lot, a lot of that recently. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we have a lot to cover. We're going to talk about Adeptus uh, Titanicus. We're going to talk about the new Death Watch Codex. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into our game, which is another game of Death Watch versus Necrons, but now using the new Death Watch rules. Yes, that is right. an accurate assessment of the facts. But first, first, hobby, hobby progress. progress. Okay, not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> Not a lot. Nope. Which is, I guess, how I'm starting a lot of my um, updates is well, a, <laughs> in the last last well, two months. Well, a travel time. B, you are now balancing two hobbies. Pretty oh, yeah, much. We talked about this. Yeah. Because I see you. Because I used to just see you do paint. nothing but like paint Warhammer models over the computer. Yeah. Now you like half the time you're doing that. The other half of the time you're doing like you're making whatever weird noises uh, with your skiff. Yeah, with my modular synthesizers. So, um, yeah, my Instagram feed is really schizophrenic. Yes, it's super yes. super schizophrenic. Like if you follow me on Instagram, you're gonna get, you're gonna get Warhammer, right? You get Warhammer miniatures and games. You're gonna get modular synthesizers, mm-hmm. like little videos and of me playing ridiculous sounds, and then a lot of boxing, like yeah. a lot of boxing stuff. So, yep. anyway. Anyway, so the only the only progress I've made is to get near completion on this um, armature I'm working on. I'm holding it now. I still have to finish doing detail lines on the chevrons. Uh, it, it's a orange carapace, and then I have like um, gray uh, chevron lines on it. Yeah. Right, pointing forward. I've done most of the weathering, and I just have to now paint the base. He's just walking over rubble strewn um, Martian earth. So it's going to look good. It's going to fit in well with the uh, Cult Mechanicus that I have, Adeptus Mechanicus. He's the same color scheme. So sure, looking good. Apart from that, no, I've just kind of done some minor repairs on some miniatures, but I haven't really done any, any um, serious hobbying since then. I have to finish this guy, and then once I finish this guy, I'm going to go back to finish some of the Death Guard units, and then I'm going to finish the um, the aggressors, the Blood Angels mm-hmm. aggressors, which, yeah. as you can see, have been base coated, and then all the parts that are going to be either silver or black have been painted black. So, or I should say gold and black. So, anyway. Okay, that's enough puppy progress. Let's talk about Adeptus Mechanicus. Uh, Adeptus Titanicus. Adeptus Titanicus. Titanicus. All right. So um, Games Workshop announced earlier in May that they are releasing a tabletop version of the old Adeptus Titanicus games, which is, if you guys aren't familiar with that, it's basically a a game of night warfare. There's like nothing but titans and knights. Titans, yep. Yeah. There's going to be a very big box set, which I think Games Workshop has said is going to be their most expensive box set to date. Mm-hmm. It's going to contain two Warlord models and then six knights. Mm. Now, the scale is interesting mm-hmm. because the knights are on 32 millimeter bases. Yep. So the knights are like the size of space marines. Yep. And then the warlords are the size of, I don't know, it looks like they're like the size of what a Redemptor or a Leviathan Dreadnought would yep. be in yeah, comparison yeah, yeah, yeah. to them. That's the scale we're looking at. Yeah. The box that's also going to come with, of course, rules and this very cool set of terrain that looks like you're walking around a city. So you can go around stomping buildings and stuff or something. I don't know. 
Well, yeah, I guess they're a cover. A cover, yeah, it's, it's a cover. But it looks really cool. I have no idea how much it's going to cost, but if they've already told us it's going to be one of the most expensive sure. products. That's, I'm I'm tempted by this. I like the idea of night combat. Someone needs someone needs a homebrew uh, knights versus or titans versus Godzilla. <laughs> yeah. Needs a homebrew well, right I mean, away. yeah. Well, all you, all, you need, all you need is a Tyranid model, right? A no, couple no, no, of Tyranid no, no, models. No, 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 get an actual get an actual model of Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> and that's send, the only acceptable way to do that. Yeah. Um, no, it it looks cool, really cool. First one I heard, I was like, are they gonna actually like package? A bunch of knights and like knights into a a box. Twelve hundred dollar box. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, they're not going to do that. They're um, they've scaled down the knights significantly. But the 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 little thirty two millimeter knights look like imperial knights. They've done a great job in like scaling them down. They look fantastic. So it looks great. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know. I don't know when the release date is. Did you see that? Uh, Oh. um, Let's take a look. Release date. Yeah, I didn't see it either, but hopefully soon because yeah, there's yeah, we're looking stocks. at we're looking at pictures now online, mm-hmm. and you can go online and check out some of this. So yeah. Just just Google "Deathless Titanic" is 2018 because otherwise you'll get a bunch of old stuff. It's a, it oh it plays on a four by four table, which is Convenient. perfect perfect for us. Yep. That's what we play on, and it's just based on the old 1988 game. Mm. Um, no, I don't, I don't see a release date. Sometime soon. Sometime mm-hmm. soon. Sometime soon. Yeah. Yep. Sometime soon. Okay. Uh, yeah. No, it looks cool though. Um, and they're also doing a game apparently as well. A video game. A video game. Which yeah, means it's a video game. So if you can't really afford recently. or don't so, want a yeah. hobby, yeah, you can just you can, download the video game. Yeah, get that on Steam. Right. Right. Um, okay. Other thing, other geeky things. Um, we did see Deadpool this Deadpool weekend. Deadpool two. Well, actually, let's let's talk about all the movies we saw. We all saw those movies. Okay. Yeah. So we saw. Okay. First one. Too Fast, Too Furious. All right, I was not gonna mention. You're, you're that not one. gonna mention Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah. Okay, so I've never seen any of the Fast and Furious movies, mostly because I thought they looked like trash. But uh, a little while back, we watched the first one, which confirmed my suspicions. But they were very entertaining. It's very. Entertaining. I mean, they were bad, but yeah. they were entertaining. And so we recently saw the second one. Uh, we saw that both right before. Yeah. And um, well, I think the story was definitely tighter. Like it oh, was yeah. like Way plot point, plot point, plot point. Next, uh, <laughs> um, it was not as I think it wasn't. As, yeah, the characters were just kind of more. I mean, like 2D. The, everything. Like like the stunts are like the stunts are cool sometimes, but like everything surrounding them is just awful. It's just so bad, and it, it's clear. And it's clear that to me that Paul Walker. Uh, had some difficulty carrying the movie without, you know, Vin Diesel. Because Vin Diesel was, like, clearly the charismatic one of the first movie. Yeah. Uh, and Paul Walker, I, he just, no, you know, good, he was good a looking really, guy, good-looking guy, but not, he really, not, he didn't not really, really... He hadn't really come into his own yeah, until at that point. I'm not sure he ever did. I'm well, not sure if he ever did. You know did. what? We'll have, to, we'll have to keep, we'll keep watching. We'll have to keep watching. We'll have to see. <laughs> we'll see. What's the next one? Versus. Tokyo Drift? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Number three, whatever. That whatever. Is. That, whatever. Okay. The so the next movie we watched was was Dunkirk. Dunkirk. Yeah. All right. What did you think of Dunkirk? Uh, it was like my third time watching it. It was ten- it was really tense, uh, and it was interesting to watch. Uh, it, it was one of the least subtextual of Christopher Nolan's movies, so I'm not sure how often I'm going to come back to it because it doesn't really get me thinking. Right. Don't get my thinking cap on. It, but it, it's more of a of a grand epic retelling of the um, event itself. Yeah. 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 Of, yeah. What it took to get four hundred thousand men off of the beach of Dunkirk back back home to England. No, it, it certainly was. It certainly was a. Um, I certainly enjoyed it. It was great. Um, yeah. But 
I'm not sure how high it sits on the uh, Christopher Nolan power tier rankings. No, Dark Knight's number one. Mm, Inception's number presti- two. Prestige might be number one for me. No, Prestige it comes to then, and then Inter- what? And then Interstellar. Prestige is not. Prestige is Prestige than... follows Inception. Inception's better. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Yes, it is. No, it's not. All right. The only thing Prestige has that, that might make it better is Bowie. That's the way the it. way the way the story is told. Yeah. Oh, um, what? Are you, are you kidding me? The, the freaking the freaking uh, the freaking twist at the end. The don't ruin it. I'm not, I didn't say All what right. the twist was. All Multiple right. twists. Um, the, there's a lot of twists and turns, and and the way the way they set everything up as you go when you go back to watch it. Yeah. It, it, it's, I admire it's it. Great. I think it's great. It's I, great. I, I I love magic. All the I love magicians. I love. It's a movie I should really love, and I do love it. But I and the Inception just works within like perfectly recursive layers like layers within layers within layers it's it just to me it just just like was brilliant in the way it was done so i i put inception second and prestige third okay and they're both um, well below dark knight all right <laughs> um yeah. yeah dark knight yeah. yeah no dark knight dark knight all right so dunkirk but dunkirk falls like clearly after all those movies yes yeah yes okay clearly. right um, okay. All right. So anyway, so that. So then Kirk, big thumbs up, but not not Nolan's best. Uh, so next one, there will be blood. There will be blood. Okay. Oh. Oh. I, I, oh I, so this good. is my third time seeing it too. It I, also, I haven't seen it in about ten years. It's so good. Uh, it's fantastic. It's, it's a story. If you haven't seen it yet, it's probably Daniel Day Lewis's best performance as an actor, and that's saying something. He actually won an Oscar for it. It's a 2007 movie about uh, the rise of an oil man in sort of turn of the century California. So um, it's about a guy who's kind of very driven <laughs> to build an oil yeah, business yeah. and what it takes to get there. It's just an amazing character study. Oh, and, it's great. And Daniel Day Lewis is fantastic throughout. You've uh, See, every, every, everything was great about that movie. Everything, everything. Like, it, the way it was shot, the soundtrack, track, cinema, yeah, the cinematography, uh, direction of the actor. The other actors did a great job. The guy who played uh, Eli, uh, yeah, did a really great job with yeah. his with his role. It was like it, it what it had to say. Um, the the like, it, it's just it was one, it was one of the better movies I've ever seen. Period. So wow, I was, okay. So does it become one of your favorite movies of all time? Maybe it it certainly has potential. It certainly has potential. I do enjoy the sort of like character studies of weird, twisted people. Yes, to me it falls into that uh, group of movies about uh, bad guys I nonetheless admire. The the hyper driven entrepreneurs. The hyper driven entrepreneurs. Okay, so uh, Nightcrawler. Night, Nightcrawler. Yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal. Good, Goodfellas. Good. He's uh, was he more was he, he wasn't really that wasn't really an entrepreneurial story. Yeah, well, they're always doing something to make they, money. They were doing something to make money. All but right, Godfather Two, same thing. Story of the building of the crime family. Godfather Two. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 All right. Uh. uh, what, uh baby Driver. Baby. Kind no. of. No. No, 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 not no, the no. same. Way. No, no, not at all the same. Not at all the same. All right. The way the way the, the way they portray the characters is very different. Um, that was that was way more of a kind well, of. Well, it's another one that falls into that. Hyper- the founder falls under oh, the that. Founder. The, the founder, founder is fantastic. Falls under that it's category. about Ray, Roy Kroc, the guy who uh, uh, basically 
turned McDonald's into what it is. Yeah. Very much a guy that was not the best person, but just fascinating to watch. And, and generally an innovator in business. I never saw that Steve Jobs movie, but I imagine that would fall under similar lines. Yeah, because uh, yeah, Steve Jobs is one of these characters that like super did all these, did all these uh, amazing things, amazing, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. you know, kind of like left the legacy of like, like broken oof. relationships and like treating people badly. Yeah. Yeah, he wasn't like criminal like Nightcrawler, but it was like, like more. more. Um, um, it wasn't great. It wasn't great. No, I saw it. It wasn't great. Uh-huh. It it really focused on his, on his relationship with his daughter, which was some like a tragic story. He um, basically kind of denied that this little girl was his daughter, even though he kind of treated her like his daughter all throughout. Mm-hmm. He just like would never acknowledge that never she was really his yeah, daughter, yeah, yeah. even though he was paying for her and he yeah. kind of named a computer after her. <laughs> it was um, it was okay. It wasn't great. It was I expected more um, from yeah. that movie, so it wasn't wasn't great. They can't all be winners. Yeah, and then we saw the uh, the, the Maltese the Maltese, Maltese Falcon. Falcon. The Maltese okay. Falcon. Okay, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, my first impression, as it's like, I guess maybe this is a youth thing. I don't know. Maybe this is just coming from a 2018 lens. But Sam Spade, uh, Humphrey Bogart's character, is a freaking the most sociopath. Awesome guy. Sociopath. Ever. <laughs> like the scariest <laughs> man. The scare. One of the scariest protagonists I've seen, and I just saw there will be blood. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> he, yeah, he's like a fast-talking gumshoe from yeah. the 1930s, 1940s. Um, but he has like he has no reaction to like people yeah, dying, people, people dying around him. him. People, like he's just super cold to everyone's like because right. he like, constantly is assuming he's, he's he assumes everyone is is like out to like swindle well, him or kill him and he's but it, but right? it's but it's true exactly. and, you know, that, that world and, that's and, his and, world. and that's and that's the world that the author created right but it, like. He just he just comes off as like creepy at that times because of just how like how much of a non reaction he has to like certain things. He yeah he is kind of a sociopath. I mean the movie <laughs> the movie starts off with the with a significant death and he yeah. has a very muted reaction to it. Yeah like right? no, like not even not even a reaction. It's more like how it's going to affect him. Yeah it, well, yeah he's more, right? more concerned with the practical like blowback of exactly. what's going on. Exactly. As opposed to any sort of significant Again, human factor. Again, he's building his business. He's building his detective he, business. He, he is, in fact, building. So. He needs to protect his business, but he just he just has... But the, right. I guess the weird part is just the movie never acknowledges it. A different time. Different different time and different right. attitudes, and I get that. Right. It's just that since the, since the movie never really acknowledges his weirdness and just treats it like, yeah, no, this is the hero. Yeah, this he is could, how heroes are. He, like, he, it's just... Oof. Like he's he's not the first guy to pull a gun, um, but he's the first guy to like to slap you around. He's the first guy. He literally does. He like slap people around the whole movie. I, I, for, yeah, from how he was portrayed, I wouldn't be surprised if he was if he would be the first one to pull a gun. But he didn't throughout he the movie. No, he no he he never reacted to it. And he, he never did. Yeah, he reacted pretty stoically to every time he got a gun pulled on him. Uh, anyway, it's a classic film noir. Yeah. Uh, awesome movie. Sets Great. up a lot of tropes that get used in later movies. You know, that's like a, the classic use of the MacGuffin, the, the Maltese Falcon. The ultimate a, MacGuffin. Right. For, for To basically unify everybody and get involved in this yeah, criminal really tight, scheme. Really, really tight pacing, too. Oh, yeah. And, and, the, it just, it's like, and it's staccato-like dialogue, yeah. which is fantastic. And there's a lot of great lines from Great it use of shadows oh, yeah. and, you know, light. It just, uh, it's amazing what they've done. And not really a, like a ton of sets, either. Mm-hmm. There's like Sam's apartment, Sam's yeah. office, a couple of hotels, and kind of that's it. 
yeah. which is amazing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Maltese Falcon, go see Maltese Falcon. Uh, if you've seen the Netflix Ultra Carbon series, uh, it's obviously heavily influenced by noir, yes. as is Blade Runner. So yeah. if you've never actually seen a, a, like a, noir, a noir movie. Film. Go yeah, do yourself a favor. Yeah, and watch the Maltese Falcon. Yeah, and then and then go and read um, more of Sam Spade and Philip Marlowe movies yeah. by Raymond Chandler. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So uh, let's uh, let's go over uh, let's go over Death Watch. Let's go. We're gonna go over the Death Watch Codex. We just yes. acquired Death Watch Codex literally yesterday, right? Mm-hmm. But or but we all we played a game yesterday using the new Death Watch Codex. New Death Watch Codex. The the big difference I think. Um, in it is the addition of Primaris Marines. Yeah, that's 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 the overall thing that they just got that kind of update. Um, there's not a lot of rule changes or no. I think any rule no. Changes. I think I think they they, uh, they added some artifacts. Uh, they gave them some the mission tactics thing. Although they had, the, I think did they have the mission tactics. Before? They had mission tactics before. Yeah, they already had mission tactics. Uh, they um, added stratagems to them. Warlord traits. Warlord traits that were the, the usual stuff. It was a it's, right. a, it's a fairly expected update right uh, this is something like this actually turns your death watch into an army like you a legitimate army with the addition of the of all of the primaris marines um i think you can really uh build an army now as opposed to just you know having like a squad or an allied it's still know, gonna be a hyper elite army super, but, super hyper elite yeah but uh, you can build them uh, more rounded army. It, it, exactly. They added intercessors, which are the primaris marines. You know. uh, they added reavers, which I would love to actually play with. I, and that's giving me an excuse to actually go get some reavers. Um, you don't already have reavers. I don't. I thought, we don't. We don't have reavers. Huh, uh, I, they added aggressors. Uh, they added the inceptors, which are those flying Teletubby dudes. Yep. Um, and hell blasters, which is uh, the, the plasma marines, which are great. Um, overall, I think there's been maybe a few point drops here and there uh, for a few things, but uh, it's they're still come off as probably one of the most expensive um, per unit armies in the game, right? Because yeah, yeah, they have access to the special issue ammunition, right? And yeah, then they and have a, a couple of very unique weapons that yeah. no other army has that almost make it worth it. We're talking. We're talking about the frag cannon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The frag cannon. That's the real. That's the real MVP. That's that's, um, that's the real MVP for everybody. Yeah. For everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. It's it's good, but uh, it's not. It's 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 fine. It's good. If it's, you want to play, de- if you want to play Death Watch, and this is the, you have you have to get this. Um, well, yeah. Yeah, because it's it's that good. Yeah. It's. <laughs> okay, so let's look at the. But let's talk about the frag cannon for a second, because uh, it's such a. Iconic weapon. I think. Okay, hold on. Let me see if I can recite this off in memory because I was looking at it quite a bit. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, it's got two modes of fire: one that automatically hits, a la flamer, uh, and one that is sort of acts as a two-shot heavy. Not not even heavy. It's a, they're both assault profiles. Um, it's but it's functionally a heavy weapon, uh, just with assault. So it's got eight inch straight range, eight inch for the uh, flamer variant. For the frag 2D6. round, it's eight inch range with assault two d six. Yeah, with assault two d six, strength six, AP yep. minus one. Yep, one damage. Uh, one damage. Autom- the weapon automatically hits its target, which it's is very, right there. That's, yeah, that's right there. That's like two yeah. assault two d six that automatically hits is scary. Yeah. Um, the shell profile strength is strength seven, range twenty four. Range twenty four. So it's it's half the range of a of a las cannon. But otherwise, 
acts a lot like a last cannon. And considering how many drop pods you're probably using, or Corvus Black Stars, it's 24, it doesn't matter. No, you're going to, you're going to, the whole point with Death up. Watch is to just show up exactly and start blasting. Yep. So it's an assault two weapon, strength seven, yep. AP minus two, mm-hmm. two damage, but if you're at half range, then it's strength nine and AP minus three. That's crazy. Strength nine, AP minus. So it becomes a last cannon at half Basi- range. Basically, yeah. It yeah. becomes a two shot last cannon. Exactly, a two-shot last cannon, which is crazy. That is far and away the best, I think, weapon option in the game. Although, just using the special ammunition um, from Death Watch gives you a huge advantage. So, yeah. yeah. So, I I like playing Death Watch. Um, They're I, fun. They're a good time. Uh, the, the Rambo, the army. Um, no, no, no. They, yeah, they're cool. They're um, very customizable and... Very thematic, I would say. I think that's one of their best strengths is how they're... How thoroughly um, loyal to the sort of war they've been, yeah. In terms of like, oh, these these are very much Xenos hunters uh, with crazy weapons, so we're going to give them those sorts of rules, right? And right. I appreciate that. Uh, the other differentiating factor is that they have mission tactics, which is something that it's like their chapter tactics kind of thing. Yep. But they're basically geared toward killing a certain type of foe. Like, uh, you pick one mission tactic going into the game, and then certain characters or certain stratagems have the ability to then change the mission tactic during the game. Yep. And so the different mission tactics are Fuhrer tactics, which basically allows you to re-roll wound rolls of one against troops. And then and it functions the same, uh, just replace troops. Yeah, with, with fast attack, fast leads, attack. heavy yada, support, yada, yada. HQ, and flyers. Yeah, um, which is, I think, I like it. I mean, I go, go in with troops, of course, yes. right? Because those are probably the most common type of foe you're going to meet. And then go and change if you want to do an elite against elites or HQ units. Or if you, or if you see, you know, Imperial Guard coming, you go, oh, heavy support. Right. Uh, the Warlord traits are, again, very fluffy and very uh, thematic. Some of them um, yep. are similar to what the other normal Space Marines have. There's Bane of Monstrosities, which allows you to reroll fail wound rolls for uh, when your warlord attacks vehicles or monsters. There's the Lore of Hidden Knowledge, which basically allows you to reroll um, a hit roll, a wound roll, a damage roll, or saving throw uh, if your warlord is on the battlefield. And also, if your army is battleforged and your warlord's on the battlefield, you get to roll a d6 when you use a stratagem, and on a 5+, plus, you get that point back. Which is great. We didn't really use a lot of our um, command points in our No, game. we didn't. We didn't. No, really I know. We, should, we need to do that more. Castellan of the Black Vault is a warlord trait that allows you to add one to the damage characteristic of one weapon carried by your warlord, but it, it can't be a relic. Uh, the Watch Eternal, roll a d6 each time a Death Watch model from your army within six inches of your warlord would lose their last wound on a six. The wound is not lost. Uh, okay, so it's like funeral pain, extra funeral pain. Vigilance Incarnate, once during the battle at the start of your turn, you can choose to change your army's current mission tactic. And if you're playing um, Watch Captain Artemis, that's the Warlord trait you automatically get. Yeah. And then finally, there's nowhere to hide. At the start of your shooting phase, pick an enemy unit anywhere in the battlefield for the duration of the phase. That unit does not receive the benefit of cover against attacks made by Death Watch units from your army that are within six inches of your Warlord. Hmm. Okay, situational, but could, could be good. Tactic switch up one. Yeah. Pro tip from Alec, who's now whispering <laughs> for some reason. I don't know. Uh, the uh, 
the, the librarian's discipline is just the standard discipline that you find with uh, uh, Space Marine librarians. Yeah. There's nothing new in there. Uh, there are some interesting relics, but nothing that really sort of stands out as being uh, amazing. There's one weapon, though, that is very cool, and that is um, Artemis's weapon, uh, the stasis bomb. Let's go, because the stasis mm -hmm. bomb is just a fun weapon to, to wield. Let me go, let me go find Artemis here. Right, here we go. The stasis bomb. It's a six-inch grenade. Mm -hmm. This weapon can only be used once for battle. If the attack hits, deals D6 mortal wounds to your target. If it misses, Watch Captain Artemis suffers D6 mortal wounds. All right, so it's a one-shot one <laughs> thing, but it's awesome. In our last game, we used it, and um, uh, we were able to kill a star god it's with it. Very, it's it's, <laughs> it's very, very good. I mean, the chances are you're going to do it. Look, you've got a Bliss of Skill 2, right? Yep. You probably have a command point to reroll yeah. that. So but. <laughs> two up, two up. So unless you mess up that two up, two up. Yeah. <laughs> which would but be by funny. the way, that's happened to me. Which would be funny. That's happened to me. Which I bet. would be funny. Yeah, that's happened to me. So it'd be a good time. But yeah. Don't. Don't. Overall, what do you think of the of the codex? It's all right. I don't really. Yeah, I don't really like. It, it, I mean, it's like what do you expect? Pretty much, it has all the fun uh, stuff you already got with Death Watch, plus a bunch of updates. Uh, yeah. That are much needed and helped for sure. Um, but it's nothing to like. I'm not nothing. I'm thrilled about, or I'm right. Yeah. If you play Death Watch, you obviously have to get it. Um, uh, yeah. The book itself has got a bunch of new artwork. I haven't seen all this Death Watch uh, artwork before. See, yeah, some new artwork. Uh, oh, I, I, I think there's a lot of a lot in here. Also, yeah. Redemptor Dreadnoughts are now part of the a lot of this a lot of the stuff armory. The previous stuff, although some of the more unit specific stuff is new. Yeah, man, it's a cool looking army. No, it's a really cool looking army. Yeah. Cool looking army. The models look great. Well, only time will tell whether um, Death Watch remains a very sort of uh, elite, fluffy army, or whether people will figure out strategies to use more competitively. Uh, right now, I really see this as um, an elite, fluffy army that yeah. you're going to play for fun and not to be a, a you know champion at your GT or you no, know, there's, local it's, tournament. It's a, yeah, it's a it's an army for a good time. An army for a good time. Okay. That's a review of Death Watch. That's an army for a good time. <laughs> the army for a good time. Yeah. All right. So let's take a little break. And when we come back, uh, we will get into our uh, battle report, which is the Necrons, new Necrons versus new Death Watch when we return. Deployed and ready. Charge! The enemy wishes to fight, brothers! Let us indulge them! No mercy, no respite! Exercise your faith in combat, brothers! Unleash all fury upon them! Priority target! All guns! Open fire! Okay, we're back. All right, Necrons versus Death Watch. All right, Alec, go over your list, please. All right, so I brought out a uh, battalion detachment. With a librarian, um, watch Captain Artemis, uh, squad of eight intercessors uh, with stalker bullet guns, uh, three squads of veterans each. Okay, and since we're doing power level, I can explain this. Five man squads of veterans, each with four frag cannons. Four frag cannons. That's each insane. with four frag cannons. When you don't need to think about points, well. <laughs> and then the rules give you that ability to replace four weapons in the squad with heavy weapons. 
Okay, I'll take it. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, so that's terrifying. One in Scepter Squad, one Corvus Black Star with Stormstrike Missiles, the Auspex Ray, Hurricane Bolter, Twin Assault Cannon, the works, and two Drop Pods. And that was the army. Super okay. Elite. Eight, that's 80 power level is what we chose, 80 power level. 80. Okay, um, I chose the Necrons, and I went with the Mifrit Dynasty, um, which allows basically you to increase your AP minus value by one at half range for your um, most of your infantry weapons. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty devastating. My army had two HQ units, a uh, Cryptek who came with a Chronometron and the Staff of Light. He was my warlord. Uh, I had an overlord who had the artifact called the Veil of Darkness, which allows him, him and a unit to basically pop in anywhere in the battlefield. He had a Resurrection Orb and a War Scythe. My troops were one squad of uh, five Immortals with Gauss Blasters. And then I had three 10-man squads of Necron Warriors because you don't need to fix Necron Warriors. They're just awesome as they are. Two Fast Attacks. I had six Canaptic Wraiths with Trans-Dimensional Beamers. And then I had three Tomb Blades uh, with their normal Gauss Weaponry. I had one Annihilation Barge with a Gauss Cannon and the Tesla something or other. And then I had a Night Scythe and finally a Ghost Arc. And that was my 80 power level Necron army. No characters, all pretty generic units, a lot of warriors. Yep. Yep. Okay. Right. So, so. You, know, we, you know, we like to leave the game up to fate. So we rolled mm-hmm. to see whether it's going to be basic rule book, chapter approved, or the open war cards. And this time we got chapter approved. Yes, yes, we did. All right. uh, which is something we kind of like, I think we would have left it behind, to be perfectly frank, if it wasn't for our rolls. Only because, I, I, not, not because it's like not a good rule book, but I just think we it's so out of our mind between like, oh, the regular rule book's right there and super convenient. Or... Oh, the cards are zany and weird yeah. and like like a massive attraction in that respect. I really but, like the missions in Chapter Approved. No, the Chapter Approved <clears throat> missions are great. Yeah. Like, nothing against those. They're great. It just I, I think just how with how the sort of convenience of one and the, the super zaniness of the other, I, I don't think we would have hit it if it wasn't for um, for our role for dice so i'm glad I'm glad dice off yeah dice yeah off. so the mission we got was a maelstrom mission and it was called field orders i think which basically allows you to start off with six objectives yeah which are kept secret from your opponent yeah and uh you have to run through all of them before you can collect another set of uh of objectives <laughs> um now you do have the option to to discard up to three at the end of your turn by spending a command point by spending a command point right exactly really at the end of your turn you still had to spend a command you have to spend a command point oh okay you have to do in order to discard three okay all right so that so that was the mission that was the mission alec won the roll off to choose table sides Mm -hmm. and uh he i won the roll off to deploy first and then i started deploying first because i had more units uh, yes, and then I still was able to deploy uh, all my dudes before Tim because, you know. Right, right. Less guys. Um, you then won the uh, the dice off to go first. But, 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 but. But the Necrons won. Uh, they rolled the Cs. So they got they got to seize the initiative, which yeah. was fantastic. So it was a good start for the Necrons, right? But you had a good start because you only had on the table... You had your Corvus Black Star that had your Librarian, uh, Watch Captain Artemis, and a set of veterans in there. 
And then you had eight Primaris Marines sitting on top of a, basically a kill tower mm-hmm. with their stalker bolt guns. Yes, thirty-six I, yes, inch range stalker bolt. I so, did have those units. Right. Okay. So uh, that those were my only targets. I could either hit the guys that were in cover, two up cover guys, or I could go after the uh, the flyer, which is a minus one to hit. So not a, even though I went first, it's still like not great. Nonetheless, um, I I kind of threw everything I had at the flyer, but only got uh, only reduced it by five um, five wounds. Yep. Yeah. So I that was pretty much my first turn. I got a little damage on the flyer, and that was that was pretty much my first turn. All right, Mike. But turn. however, however, oh. because of the tactical objectives. Mm. I was able to mm. basically get four victory points right from the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so great first turn for me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I secured an objective, and then uh, there was a, an objective card that said that um, at the center, if you could hold the center and 12 inches from the center, and nobody, your opponent was not anywhere near there, you get up to D3 victory points, which of course I scored three, and then I scored one for securing objective six, so objective four. So I, I started off the game with four victory points right off the bat. All right, so what was your turn one? Um, okay, my turn one. I don't know how, how to put this really. <laughs> it's difficult. Um, I'll, I'll start from the beginning. We'll start from the beginning, movement phase. So I drop off uh, one drop pod, it's filled with dudes. Move the Corvus Black Star over some wraiths to activate the Corvus Black Star's bomb ability, which help, which does mortal wounds. So I figured, oh, that'd be pretty good against wraiths. They have invulnerable saves and all that. No one else really moves. I think because the uh, the other drop pods waiting in the wings. Oh, the uh, in, in, Inceptors, Inceptors. That's such a weird name. Inceptors uh, dropped in on a roof of a building where they couldn't really be hit or assaulted that well. Yeah, so everyone's positioned up. They the Inceptors have good shots on rapes or your uh, your mortals who are guarding your witch uh, your overlord, overlord overlord. Which would actually be a better name for uh, HQ for the uh, Necron lich, HQ? Lich overlord? Well, no, just like the, the lich or the lich. The lich. lich. No, that's too, Robo it's, witch. It's two Dungeons and Dragons. No thanks. Nec- Necro witch. Yeah. And we whiffed. Yeah, and I and I say whiffed without like, I I don't mean whiffed a a like a turn of like like uh, not a specific uh, unit of shooting. I mean we whiffed pretty much every shot. You you now, sh- I don't think I did a single wound. No 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 you did you I actually did, I did one wound. Oh uh, no wound. well no no you actually killed the wraith. Um, you oh killed, yeah you're you right. killed I did, the wraith. I did, I did so kill I did kill. You wraith. shot you basically shot everything. You shot your inceptors. You it shot the Corvus Black Star and you shot the stalker bolt guns into the mass of wraiths because the wraiths are notoriously hard to kill. They're three wounds, toughness five. I you know them. they have a three up invuln save. So remember. you wanted to get rid of those guys early. So you shot everything at them and you did manage to kill one. You're right. I did it. I did kill. So one you killed. Wraith. You killed one. I killed one wraith. One, one, one wraith. wraith. One wraith. Right. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I've never seen that many ones and twos. Yeah. You. You. In, you. And like this is this isn't like salty me. Like this isn't salty me. Like being like oh I won I didn't win because well of, like, you know what you're the dice right but your inceptors actually put like six wounds on the raids and then I and manage then I managed to roll all, all six saves six saves yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those raids are tough. Necrons are tough. Necrons are super tough. Yes, they are. Yeah. Especially especially tough against air. <laughs> <laughs> against bullets whizzing by. Against, yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so my my turn two shows up. I brought in my flyer, um, which is the Night Scythe. I went in and uh, concentrated on trying to kill the Corvus Black Star, which uh, basically means I just pumped a bunch of a bunch of goss into it. Um, I had the, the uh, Ghost Arc, the Ghost Arc with forty shots, twenty shots from the uh, Necrons inside it, and then mm-hmm. twenty shots from its own weapons. At you know because it was at half range, um, could not bring down the stupid Corvus. Right, I just I, I rolled terribly that 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 turn. Uh, another group of uh, Necron warriors shot at it and uh, didn't do it. And I finally had a. It was finally the transdimensional beamers from the uh, from the wraiths that, that brought it down. So finally, it came down. You lost in that crash. Yep. You lost your uh, librarian and a frag cannon and one of the frag cannons. Um, I was scared of the frag cannons. I know I've played Death Watch. I know what they can do. So um, I really wanted to kill those guys. But the thing with frag cannons is you can't you can't assault them. So I was I did not want to assault the that unit with my rates because I'll just be walking into a wall of frag cannon fire. It auto hits right. Yeah, <laughs> with with like strength six. So I did not want to do that. So I basically I held back. Actually, no, I I did try to assault. I got I got Overwatch. I lost two rates in that Overwatch, mm-hmm. right? And uh, I failed the assault. I uh, failed yeah, the you, assault. You did, you did yeah. fail the assault. That was um, the saving grace. That was right. But I did I grace. did I did kill the Corvus Black Star. I think I killed a couple of frag cannons that round, and I believe that was um, that was the extent of my turn. But I ended up scoring more points. <laughs> yes, yeah, I, yeah. I achieved more tactical objectives. I my, think I was now seven, seven to zero. Yep, uh, my turn two yeah. consisted of uh, Artemis running into uh, one of the squads of Necron warriors uh, to try to get stuck in a combat, so you know he could live. The frag cannons, actually, the frag cannons started to do things because um, when when the second drop pod arrived, they actually began to hit for some reason. But uh, they destroyed the, the ghost arc. Ghost arc, yes, they destroyed yeah, the ghost in arc. In one round of frag cannon fire. In one round of frag cannon fire, and then there all of a sudden, like a bunch of, like a bunch of stuff started hitting. I killed some wraiths. So I remember two at the very least. I think in the um, you reduced my wraiths down from six to two at this point. Six, yeah, six to two. Because no, because you lost you lost some in uh, Overwatch. I lost two in Overwatch. Under, I had lost Overwatch. one before, and so you killed an additional one. An this additional turn. one. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So that was down to two wraiths left. Again, uh, super tough to kill, and you had really... When they start hitting, when the frag cannons start hitting, they start hitting, but they yeah, hit, hit a turn too late. But there they were. Um, yeah, the I think the Inceptors maybe did some pot shots at the uh, Wraiths. At the Wraiths, right. I think so. The uh, Intercessors helped kill the Ghost Ark. And I, oh, yeah, I scored two points. I scored two victory points for Defend Objective 1. Right. Uh, that the drop pod was sitting on. So it was seven to two. <laughs> to two. <laughs> right. So my my third turn was pretty good. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, I wiped out a whole unit of veterans um, with their frag cannons with a bunch of warrior fire. That Some of my Necrons that were facing Artemis got back up. Yep. Yeah. Two of them got back up. Mm-hmm. Right. The neck, the remaining wraiths joined the, uh, the scrum with uh, Artemis. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 remaining veteran that you had had um, with Artemis in that assault had run off because he failed his morale yep. check. <laughs> Death Watch ran away, uh, so dragging his frag cannon with him. I, did you kill? Did you kill the? Did you kill the second squad of uh, the veterans? 
I yes. Yeah, that was it. Was just, yeah, that was almost completely dead. Yeah, so, so I killed. I killed. Ended up killing two squads of veterans uh, in that turn, right? With a combination of the annihilation barge, the uh, night scythe, so the transmissional beamers from what I, what I and a what lot I, of goss. What I had left. Uh, so what I had left. <laughs> yeah. Turn three was, was two Artemis. Dro- the Artemis, uh, two drop pods, and some intercessors, and I think actually the ins- did the interceptors survive. Two of the Inceptors, two of the Inceptors survived. survived. But when I looked at that, I was like, mm, yeah, no, that's a that's a game. That's a game. Because you had, like, what, 12 points? I had 12 victory points 12 at this victory point. Points? I even 12. got I even got the Supremacy one. 12. If you hold three objectives, because I had, I had, like, Necron all yeah. over the battlefield. Yeah, you had, you had killed uh, maybe one warrior, uh, four wraiths. Yeah. And I think that's it. That's it. And that was it at this point. So... It was pretty clear that the Necrons were just gonna, you know, march all over Death Watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and okay, so, uh, yeah, you you rolled terribly this whole game. I, I, I was shocked I at how it bad was, we was... we talk about, you know, bad dice, but you really had bad dice. This was this was thorough. This is some of the worst rolling I've ever like had in any. Yeah, you just roll like four four game, ones yeah. like casually. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, here's six dice. Oh, four of them are ones. Okay. We just roll this big pile of, d- of ones and twos. You shouldn't yeah. have. <laughs> I I don't know if it was indicative of Death Watch because the your luck was so terrible. <laughs> um, so I can't I can't just say that it was because Death Watch is bad a yeah. bad pairing no, against, no, 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 against no. Uh, Necrons. It shouldn't be right. It, it, it shouldn't. Well, by war it shouldn't be. But um, yeah, yeah. I I just I just think they couldn't. The combination of bad rolling and how easily they went down, and how elite everything was, so how much you're losing every time someone goes down, just kind of spelled doom immediately. I think it might have been a more balanced game if I had rolled um, better. I still think the Necrons would have won because I just think they're a more solid army, to be frank. Yeah, than, uh, they are. Deathwatch. I think they are. I think they're a more competitive army. Yeah. Also, the the Mephrit Dynasty uh, tactic of basically adding one minus one AP at half distance. Yep. So you're getting rapid fire and you're getting an extra minus one on those Gauss blasters, um, which means you're hitting on strength four, AP minus two, and then two shots for each blaster. Ugh, that's that. That means a, a group of Necron warriors is twenty shots at AP minus two. Yep, that's nuts. It's kind of mad. Yeah. Uh, a favorite, a favorite tactic, uh, which you almost, you which you would have used had the game <laughs> gone on any sort yeah. of length longer. Yeah, you get some. Uh, you get. I usually roll with ten, but you went with five. Uh, immortals. Yeah. Um, equip them all with Goss blasters, Mephra Dynasty, all that fun stuff. Give. Uh, the shack them up with a overward or a ward or whatever. Someone right. you can that give someone you done. can give someone you can give an someone you can give a uh, artifact to. Yeah. So you give them that, you give them the veil of darkness and port twenty <laughs> strength five AP minus three shots in front of someone's face. Yeah. Just, just there. You've done it. That's done just it there. I've me. done it. I've done yeah, it. Yeah, you've done it to me. It it it, th- it destroys whatever it, it comes across it's horrifying yeah strength five which means you're usually wounding with the three yeah right and yeah. minus three oh my god you usually need a six to save that and, and then, so that doesn't work infantry disappears yeah 
Heavy that, that's, a, that's a great strategy. I like that. Uh, and I had the Veil of Time on my Overlord, and mm-hmm. I had the Immortals there. Yep. I was waiting for an object for a uh, card that gave me an objective so they could teleport there, mm-hmm. or a juicy target of yours. But mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't we didn't have to go there because I had I got I had really lucky cards, yes. and so I I got a bunch of victory points early on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it, it didn't just, work out. Mm-hmm. Um, I like I like the the Necrons. They're this edition. They're really tough. Oh, they're so good. They're yeah. so good. They're such a good army. Yeah, they're a really good army. And I think, you know, boys with Goss Blasters is the way to go with them. Boys with Goss Blasters. Yeah. yeah because mm-hmm. I don't think you need fancy units for the most part. Tomb Blades are great because they, they're so mobile. Yeah. Right? Um, and then having an overload with the Veil of Time makes it mobile. Because otherwise they're just marching five yeah. inches along. But if you can get that group of Necron warriors, especially if one of the one of them is subject to like they they will be done with the Mephred dynasty. That will be done adds plus one to their ballistic skill, their advance, and their charge. Yeah. You know? Ugh. It's kind of terrifying. Kind of terrifying. And you also put in a, a cryptic in there, which gives them a five up in won't save against shooting attacks. And uh, gets a plus one plus on one the reanimation, reanimation rolls. protocols. Man, so you're you're dealing with enhanced ballistic skill, enhanced movement and uh, enhanced reanimation uh, protocols. Necrons, Necrons are the new black. Necrons are the new black. Yeah, I think so. At, I, le- at least in this apartment, yep. Hey, let's let's we should do a, a Necrons versus Tau because that that again the new Necrons yeah, are so the new, tough. The new Necrons are super tough, so it'd be really yeah. interesting to see because I think I think Tau is fairly consistent with um with their shooting. Yeah, yeah, I don't think they got like a whole bunch of upgrades from the last no, Codex. No, but they they certainly do have um every unit's dangerous and then Tau army as well. So. Yeah. Uh, I'd be happy to play either side because that, that would be, be interesting. That would be, be a good fight. I'd be that'd be a good fight. I agree. Okay. All right. Well, okay. It's, I think that ends uh, episode fifty-eight. Yeah. Death Watch. <laughs> Watch themselves die, which was a joke you made. <laughs> yeah, I did make right. that joke. I did make a joke. Okay. Uh, so if you guys want to uh, send us an email, you know how to reach us. It's the Eye of Terror Podcast at Gmail Please remember, if you're listening for the first time, to subscribe. We love our subscribers. Until then, I'm George. And I'm Alec. And we play 40K. We'll see you guys soon. Bye.